Okay, so I gotta start with a confession. I really missed you this week. Like, really, really. I didn't see you at any screenings. I think that might be a first. We, uh, you know, coming home, like one of us was already asleep, leaving early in the morning. Just wanted to get that out there and, and to the general masses. It was it was really strange going through this week without you. Really? I had a great time. Oh, you suck. <laughs> Welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil, Toronto, Canada. You are listening to the fourth episode of Wicked Little Town, the audio postcards I send out from the Toronto International Film Festival happening uh, until today, today being Sunday, September 16th in my hometown of Toronto, Canada. Um, This uh, episode probably sounds far calmer than the previous three. Uh, That is because there is no other diners around us. There are no glasses being clinked, no alcohol being consumed. Uh, We are back home. It is the end of day 10. Saturday night as we sit here and record. Uh, I've just come in from my last screening of the day. Uh, my guest uh, has been uh, chilling out and noticing things that I said I would do that I didn't do and wishing I would do other things that I didn't do uh, after her own busy day. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of a tradition on this show that uh, the last audio postcard to come from Tiff uh, has this guest on. Um, it's my wife, Lindsay Rigoni. How are you, Lindsay Rigoni? I'm tired. How are you? <laughs> I am very much the same. Um, and I, I really shouldn't be. It's just that today was, was uh, a weird one with an early-ish start and then a late movie. But I had a great long dip in between. Um, we're more or less at the end of the festival. Um, as I say, this is going to go live on the last day. That's the second last day. Um, how, on a, on a, like, in a, in a sentence or two, how is your, how is your tiff? been your 43rd tiff well not your 43rd tiff but yeah i was gonna say damn (laughs) you were seeing them in negative integers in the womb um the 43rd annual tiff tiff 2018 how's it been for you it's been pretty good actually how many you saw 15 movies uh i am officially bailing out on my tomorrow morning screening so it will be 14 in total Uh, okay okay and um only because i'm tired and unless i heard that it was like the greatest movie ever made I didn't want to go see it, and I did a little quick search online. I saw just one person we know said, worst film of TIFF. So oh, I'm, boy. I, I don't even, like... You're, you're that, just, yeah. Even if I don't agree with them, I'm, it's not... I, I, last day, I'm not going to go see I it. I think we need to talk to our friends who are responsible for it, and next year on the TIFF bingo card, get bail on a movie as one of the squares, because I think everybody does that, at least at one point. It should be, it should be there with, like, hug of, thank a volunteer. Um, but so, okay, so you've, that means you've seen 13 movies. So, what, like, you've gone, like, 10 for 13, 9 for 13, um, well, 11, yeah, well, 12? Well, we'll still have tomorrow left. Oh, I'm still seeing yeah, but, two, two but, more tomorrow. Oh, you, oh you, had, to, you were going to see three? Yes. Oh. That's why I'm just bailing on my first one. Okay, I have okay. two more to go. Okay. I have, uh... Roma and Hidden Man okay. left to see tomorrow. Okay, so, so I've of, seen your, of your 12 then? 12. I, I haven't strongly disliked anything. That's great. Um, I saw a couple that I were just okay. Okay. Uh, and generally things were pretty good. I, I haven't seen the like... Most years I have like one movie that's like my movie right. that I like fall in love with. It's the one I'm rooting for all year, telling everybody to see. I don't know that I have that this year, Okay, but I have a lot of pretty good movies. Okay, so it's been a good slate for you. Uh, I have two left to go, so I'm at 13 myself. 
Um, I'm I'm doing really well. I there was there was one movie that I flat out didn't like, and one that just didn't work for me. The rest were all varying levels of good to great, um, and I'll I'll take that in a shortened year. Um, do you? I, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. So last year you did closer to like thirty. Yeah, um, I think I did 35 last with year. With a badge. And now this year you're back down lower, just, you know, time and circumstance. Do you do you find it's it's a better experience going to lesser or going to more if you, like, all things being equal? Well, the problem with this year is I'm working full-time and not only working full-time during the festival, I'm working long hours right. during the festival. The, I had two nights where I didn't have films and I didn't get home from work till like, 10 p.m. Yeah. So I feel like I haven't been home at all. Right. Um, so it's actually more exhausting this year, even though I'm seeing half as many films as I normally see. Because other years, last year I was able to take the whole week off. Right. This year, is it couldn't happen. But as far as, like, the the, the slate that you see and the social experience, it, is it is it... You know, like, do you feel like you're missing out with a shorter schedule? Like, if, if somebody has been going along doing 20 or 30 their their whole experience, do you feel like they should stick to 20 or 30? Not necessarily. I've, I mean, I have had years where I've done less. This year is very different from last year because last year I did have an industry pass. Right. And it's a very different experience because, uh, I, I mean, I saw more by myself last year even though I had more films. Yeah. Um, and the people that you see there are, it's like a handful of friends that you see because they all have badges, you know, so there's, and you're always at the Scotiabank Theater. Right. So you kind of get used to that. Where this year, jumping back and forth, I must have seen at least, like, run into maybe 15, 20 different friends. Okay. This year, I've sat with different people in different screenings, ran into people on the streets, got to, you know, walk back and forth to theaters with different people that I wouldn't necessarily have gotten to hang out with otherwise. Right, right. I do miss taking the time off and, uh, you know, doing 20 to 30 screenings myself. Um, if, if nothing else, it's just kind of, along with giving me more, you know, like that, that, that's the thing is that I get, I get done with the weekend. I'm like, uh, I could have seen five or 10 more movies. I really could have. Um, along with giving me more, uh, it just, it feels a little bit less rushed. Um, I, 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 you know, for all I know, I, I, I wager I'll go back to that eventually of doing a week off to do it, but I don't know for sure. I know like certainly the next year, um, I, I won't be going back to doing a whole week off for it. So who knows, uh, you know, and if, if that means like four in a row of not taking the whole time, I might be like, yeah, this works for me. But, um, the nostalgic part in me, um, misses that. I have had a, a good week, uh, for sure. I've, I've seen, uh, a lot of stories that I wouldn't have otherwise, uh, seen, um, in, in Tiff's past. Uh, I've seen a lot of work from some directors who I was unfamiliar with. Um, a lot of smaller stories, which really bubbled up. Um, I, I've heard great things about a lot of the bigger stories, so I can't wait to catch up with them in the weeks ahead. Um, has, but for you, you're saying there hasn't been that one that jumped out as like your favorite of the fest so far? No, I mean, I certainly have ones that I really liked. Like what? Um, Border. Which one's Border? Border, I don't really want to talk about the plot. Oh, that's the, that's a, the Swedish it's, one. It's a Swedish film, which okay. is, I believe, the official entry for the Academy Awards <laughs> by Sweden. Oh, Oscar voters, you're in for something it's amazing. It's so weird, and I, I did love it. I wasn't sure when I was watching it how much I liked it. Like, I kind of just liked it when I was watching it. Right. And then, like, a couple days later, you know, I'm thinking about it, and that's the film I've been thinking about. Okay. So I, I did kind of love it. It had a sex scene in it that I will never forget. Okay. 
Did you, now you showed me the trailer for that movie and I thought to myself, you know, that, that was one of the ones that I really wanted to break my ground rules for, the, for, for this TIFF to go see that movie. Would you suggest people look up the trailer for Border or should they just it, go in completely blind? You know what, the, the, it's not even a trailer that they posted. It was like a, a clip from yeah. one scene. It tells you nothing about what the, this film is about. It doesn't really matter. Really? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Oh my God. It's actually kind of more about folklore. Okay. Okay, so we should tell people if they if they're curious about what we're kind of gr- audibly grinning about because I'm sure they can hear our smiles on this audio um, about border that they should probably just look up this clip. I'll, I'll include it in the show notes, um, and you can kind of see what Lindsay, you know, like what drew her in and what she's saying then gets turned on its head. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think for me, uh, you know, I, I've been talking all week about. Uh, Phoenix as, as a movie that uh, really, really stuck with me. Um, the other day, uh, I, I the last episode of this uh, was recorded before I saw The Weeknd, which is a new film by Stella Miggy. Um, that was such a good movie, such a simple movie, uh, starring Sashir Zameda, from, who was on Saturday Night Live for a few seasons. And it's all set up in this... Um, bed and breakfast out in um, California. So you're watching this foursome, well, fivesome really, um, two couples and the mother of one of the, the of Sashir Zameda's character all hang out on this B&B on this big sprawling rural property with like orchards and trails. And they're just talking about relationships, about beginnings of relationships and bad experiences they've had in relationships and relationships ending. And it's um, like, it's weird because it's a movie that should already exist in that Noah Baumbach, Francis Ha, while we're young kind of way. But um, there's not a whole lot of that kind of movie in that kind of setting with a cast of color. So it was, but I mean, like, if like, forget about any of that. Like, forget about just the, the you know, the, the uniqueness of that and the, and the, and the, the politics of that. The movie just is flat out funny and so sharply written. Um, I like, I think one of the greatest lines I will hear all of 2018 is, "I've been sleepwalking for three years, and you walk into this room with more anesthesia." I'm like, God. Damn, that's brilliant. Um, so that, I think, for me, is going to stand out as one. Um, and I've been talking up Phoenix all week. I think that's another one that's going to stand up. Uh, Cold War is another one for me. Which one was Cold War? Cold War is a Polish film. I'm just like the um, filmmaker who did Ida. Right, right. It is stunning to look at. The editing was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes jarring. Not like What I liked about it was it was it was slow. Like A lot of interesting editing tends to be fast. Right. This was not that, but it, it the pacing was very interesting. The framing of everything was gorgeous. Like it's shot in black and white. I think it was four by three. Yeah. Long sweeping shots. Um it's not a musical but there is a lot of music in it. Okay. It's music based. Right. Um and it's one of the main characters is a singer. Um and they a lot of time you never really hear full songs. They they tend to really that I think that's why I'm saying the editing is interesting because okay. they would just kinda that sounds, that sounds vexing. It, it is, but it's not. It's also kind of part of it because it spans a lot of time. Okay. And I, anyway, I just 
Hmm. It's very beautifully shot. It's just, even if, like, you watch that movie on mute, which I wouldn't recommend because this, it's actually got really nice singing, but if, even if you did watch it on mute, it's gorgeous. Okay, okay. I just uh, came in this evening from a Platform movie. Platform is TIFF's uh, juried section, uh, which they introduced a few years ago. And last year, I did really well by choosing Platform movies. Uh, I, I believe I chose three of them and they were all bangers. And then this year, I don't know what is going on with the platform section, but one of them I dumped because I heard just nothing but bad things about. One of them I sat through and totally disliked. Uh, but then tonight's was, was finally redeeming. So it's kind of funny because I thought to myself, if I was ever to take a different approach with TIFF and give myself a different set of parameters to... to shorten up a schedule I thought well maybe I'll just see all the platform movies and now that is not an option um, but I just came in from Destroyer which is the movie starring Nicole Kidman and it's directed by I also saw Nicole Kidman in a movie today Do, did you yes which, which one Boy Erase the movie directed by Joel Edgerton okay we'll talk about that in a second but um Destroyer is directed by Karen Kusuma, who is the director who did um, Jennifer's Body and Eon Flux. Uh, Not long ago, she did a movie called The Invitation. She's had a weird little career because... Oh, Girl Fight, I believe, is hers, too. Um, She seemed to be kind of poised to be a breakout director and then was handed this big-budget movie with Eon Flux, which of course just like crashed and her career just kind of stalled for like a decade. And it's the stupid ass common story with a lot of female directors because it's like, well, you know, this movie sucked and this movie made no money. It's obviously a directing problem. So they don't get to helm something big again. Um, But Karen Kusuma, uh, the way she approaches the story, um, it's a cop story set in Los Angeles. It's very much got fingerprints of a lot of the best cop stories set in Los Angeles. Like there's brushstrokes of Chinatown in this movie and there's brushstrokes of heat in this movie and, and those kinds of, uh, you know, like, like dirty cop stories. Um, and it's, uh, it's Nicole Kidman is, uh, is a cop that happens upon a dead body at the beginning of the movie. Like she, she's like passed out in her car beginning of this movie and she she comes upon a murder scene and she gets involved in the murder case for reasons that you don't really know but while we're watching her try to solve the murder case it keeps flashing back to the fact that when she was a fresher faced uh law enforcement officer she infiltrated the uh gang that this body is from so you're getting this this dual narrative this past and present um which is all done in this um, very Catherine Bigelow macho kind of way um, but still with this really tender beating heart at the middle of it and I had heard good things about it all week so I was really really happy to see that one uh, deliver I would not be surprised if that was actually the movie that wins platform tomorrow um, and in which case actually gets a free screening but regardless I think a lot of people should uh, go see platform or uh, could go see platform go see destroyer uh, when it drops have you any ideas have you heard any chatter or any buzz about what could be taking people's choice tomorrow I, I, someone said possibly Roma, which I'm seeing tomorrow, but I don't think, I don't know about that. That would surprise me because that just won Venice. Oh, did it win Venice? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm seeing it tomorrow, so I'll see how I feel about that. I have a feeling 
before the festival started, they were really pushing First Man. Yes. Because it has more screenings than I've ever seen a TIFF film have. It was, it's been screening almost every day of the festival, sometimes twice in a day. Right, right. I've never seen that before. Right. And I don't know if it's because last year, um, his last film was La La Land at the festival. Was it La La Land? Was last year uh, or Whiplash? Two years ago. Two, whatever La La Land was, I remember they just had to keep adding screenings. The demand was like crazy high. So it just feels like they were like in advance trying yeah. to solve that so that feels like what I actually did see that tonight. And? It's very good. It's. Um, Is it the sort of movie that could take people's choice? I don't think so. Really? I don't know. Uh, it could. I mean, it could. It, it. It's a. I mean, the. It's a beautifully shot movie. Uh, for people who don't know, it's about Neil Armstrong. The Apollo Eleven mission. Yeah. Well, no, it's actually about his whole his whole life. It, yeah, it starts oh, wow. kind of at the early, his early career. Okay. It's actually not really just based on the one mission. That's really a, like kind of a fraction near the end. Oh wow. Okay. Um, but the way the movie shot, as opposed to other space movies I've seen, it's almost claustrophobic. It it's shot in a way that makes you feel like you're in the shuttle with him. Oh wow. Every there's a lot of tight shots of astronauts faces behind their visor just like violently shaking oh, okay. in like a, and then shots of like the that dashboard is, shaking right. and then shots. That would be fun to film. It, it's a I mean I bet you if you just added up all the the really tight shots of of just things reverberating in a shuttle cuz there's many shuttle yeah. missions in the yeah. film. It it's a lot but it what it does is it actually gives you, especially if you, we saw it on an IMAX screen today, it gives you the feeling that you're there. Okay. And I think it makes it a little more real than any other space movie that I've seen before. Okay. It doesn't glamorize it. Like, there's there's not really... It's dirtier okay. a little bit, like, in the shuttle. Like, when you see how violently it's shaking. Interesting. And, like, the guys are being jerked around inside. Yeah. Um, it, it just creates a different experience where something... You know, like, if I think of Gravity, which, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of, but all the, the shots of Sandra Bullock gracefully floating right. in space with her pointed toes. And, I, you know, you know what I mean, though, right? Like, it, it was more of a... Um, it's funny, because a minute ago you were talking about really being excited to see Roma, and now you're throwing his last film under the bus. I just didn't like... Uh, I didn't like the film. It's not... Whatever. I don't like... Which you watched on a TV and heckled instead of going to a theater. I wasn't in the mood. Uh, I, I I think at the time you told I th- me... I think I should watch First Man on a TV. <laughs> well, you pressured me that day to watch Gravity, and I, I'm pretty sure I said I, I don't feel like I'm in the mood to watch this uh-huh. kind of quiet film. I see. And then you kind of bothered me to watch right. it, and yeah, then I did. It's, it's my fault. And sometimes um, I know going in, if I'm not in the headspace to watch like that tone of film, I'm right. not, it's not going to work. Fair enough. Uh, so, but okay, but you think it, like, do you think it has? It's like, a very good film. There's so many good qualities to it. For me personally, there's something just about it being. I mean, it's a biopic. Right. It's a very well done biopic, but there, I, I do think there's more original stories. The one thing that struck me, which I know, whatever, it's the history of it. This is like a man story with lots of men for men. Well, that I mean, there's that's... like a thousand, like the amount of people who show show up in it. Like Lucas has is, is one of the astronauts, and Ethan Embry's there. Yeah, he says almost, there's like a hundred male actors in this, and then you've got the wives. Yeah. They're the only females in this movie, yeah. and all they do is worry. And that's and that, that it, it's no, very noticeable. Yeah, that that's for me. Like looking at it from from that perspective, that's kind of why I think it won't be people's choice. Is that like you know, without getting too into the specifics, the illusion that it is all just a ballot box and Tiff has no say is complete horseshit. Tiff does have a say about what they actually hand this award to, and I. 
gotta believe that they want this year, if nothing else, they want something with some sort of representation to it, big or small. Like that's why, you know, if, if there was going to be a case where one film won Venice and Toronto, it could be Roma because it's a story of, you know, uh, it's, it's a story of, of a Mexican community. Um, I, I've seen nothing that I think would make that leap, which is not to say that I haven't seen some amazing movies. I just kind of see the, the bellwether of where people's choice has been the last few years. It's all been larger films. It's all been, you know, name brand films. And that has just not been my loop. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Widows, which I think could potentially Which I do want to see in Cynthia Rivo's in that, who you know I love. Yes. Who I, you know, I th- so that's the thing. I, th- I think that could be uh, one that makes the leap. Um, Lord knows there's been a lot of chatter about Star is Born, so that could make the leap. I feel like, I, I mean, I would have loved, I'm kind of regretting that I didn't pick Star is Born because I, I knew it you was only coming had, out. You only had 14 picks to work with. Yes, and I knew when I was picking it, there's a lot of movies where that they are coming out that I did see. Yeah. Um, partly because I know when Tiff... But that was coming out in three weeks. Yeah, but I partly... Well, still, I have seen movies that come out right after Tiff before. Yeah. Sometimes I do it because I know me. I know I get... Sometimes I just don't feel like going out. Oh, I know. So even if a movie comes out pretty soon, once Tiff is over, I'm tired and I won't go see it. I know that when A Star is Born comes out, it doesn't matter what my state of mind is at the time or my fatigue level. I'm going to go see it. I see. Um, but now I'm regretting that I didn't see it. Uh, I think what kind of tainted it a little bit for me, as much as as good of a film it is, is having um, Hidden Figures. Was that last year? Yes. Two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. My time is <laughs> um, But seeing you can have women involved in a space race story. Right. They, are, they existed. Women yeah. were part of it. So having this movie come out after that, where, the, like... There's literally just wives, yeah. worried wives, and nothing else represented for like. Only when you see these wide shots of hundreds of men, yeah, it it is a little jarring. And I might not have noticed it had a film like Hidden Figures not already oh, existed. Okay. No, that, that's fair. Because you would have thought, oh, that's just the time. It was yeah. a man's game. But there there were women involved, and yeah. we know that now. No, that's absolutely fair. Um, well, I've been ending these postcards with uh, the oh, same... Are we done talking about all our films? I uh, saw some other good films. I know, but... It was... I saw a movie about a demon cat today. We're not going to talk about that? <laughs> no, because, you know, we could be here all night. And there, was, there was literally fight scenes involving a cat that, like, martial arts, it's the way through a I'll, crowd and, like, murder tons I'll, of dudes. I'll, I'll, awesome. include, I'll include a trailer. Look up the show notes and I'll include the trailer of... The story of the demon cat. But I have been ending these uh, postcards. We also didn't get back to Boy Race, which you were going to. No, (laughs) there's that. Um, But I mean, I have been ending these audio postcards with the same question to all of my, uh, all all of the women that I've had on the show all week long. And I do thank them all for, first of all, for giving me the time of day during this really, really busy week. And two, for their answers, which really uh, gave me a lot to think about, which is this year, Tiff has been on this year-long excursion culminating in this festival of Share Her Journey and Seek Out and Amplify stories of women by women um female filmmakers female writers and i and it's all kind of crested with the 43rd festival so what i want to know is for you was there any moments or like a performance or a screening or a, a point of conversation in either in line or like after a thing that exemplified where share her journey uh seems to be going right 
I don't know about the festival. There's a film, I think, that okay. um, I, I saw Vita and Virginia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, which is the story of um, Vita Sackville West and yep. Virginia Woolf. Um, yes. Uh, Vita Sackville West is the inspir is actually the Virginia Virginia Woolf's novel Orlando is about her. Right. It's kind of a fictional biography, like a fantastical fictional biography. Right. And it's about their love story. And the director did say in the Q and A beforehand that this is the first year that this movie could have ever been made. Oh. Um. It's it's a love story, friendship story. Um. Pure, I love. I picked it because I'm like, oh, it's a period piece about female authors. Right. Not not going to see that. Yeah. It had a female director. Um. The you know female cast. It, there there's no. The, there's actually very few males in this film, and right. they're just, you know, kind of. It's background. got a budget, like it's not even one. Like, it is it's, lush it's, and gorgeous. Right. Um, and the 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 director came out for the Q and A with I forget the other actress's name, but it's uh, Gemma Arturon and um, Elizabeth Debicki. This is actually the first. Oh I've yeah, seen no, her. I love her. Yeah, this is the first. Oh, because you I've haven't seen, seen Great Gatsby. I have not. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that. But there's a lot of. Because uh, they wrote letters to each other in life, and okay. how they handled that yes. was they actually had the woman just read the ca- the letters to camera. Oh, I got to see in this very movie. tight close ups. Okay. And let me just say, Elizabeth Debicki, her face, yeah. in a close up is there's just something so glorious about her. Yes. Also, my fav- my highlight of the festival was her at the Q and A because she showed up. She did the red carpet before the film came for her intro she was wearing a beautiful gown and like crazy high heels we watched the film and she came out in like a suit a men's kind of baggy suit with running shoes and i was like you're my goddamn hero (laughs) you you go out there and you be comfortable so i love you for that 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 whole discussion of you know we've we've wanted to make this for a while and it really just it, it, it um, it couldn't be told before now just because you know, to the put, world to, wasn't ready for. Just nobody like it, it nobody sounds. Nobody was going to give them it, money. It, to it make sounds this sick thing. to say this, but like beyond the target audience, nobody cared. No, and nobody was going to give them money to make the story about these two women. Okay. Um, and it was apparently Gemma Arturon who brought. She had been attached to this film for years. Yeah. And she's the one who brought the script to the director. Okay. Um, which so I kind of like this women supporting women. Yeah. Thing and also they, they. The three women, there was the two actresses and the director were on stage. They really seemed to be collaborators. Okay. And which I love. I'm a big believer in, because I work in the television industry and I, as an editor, and I don't get to see a lot of female editors, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I do see them. Yeah. But most of the time, if there's a show with four editors, I'm often the only female. Right. Um, or, you know, they're, the percentage. So I like to encourage young girls. I like to encourage companies to hire people, you know, women who necessarily don't necessarily have the stuff on the resume because they haven't been given the chance. Right. I love to see women supporting other women. So this film actually made me feel really good okay. when I saw these women kind of working together and making this gorgeous film. Okay. You're reminding me of we, we talked about it uh, two postcards ago about the crew behind Enzite, the German uh, zombie movie. Yes. And that entire crew was female. I think that there's one male actor in the in the story, and everybody else is is women. But you know, and they were a, a good handful of them were there actually for the second screening at Skushbank, and they were all like tickled pink. So the writer is a woman, and the editor is a woman, cinematographer is a woman. Which you know, that is a whole other can of worms when you get not just a film that's written or shot, but like written or directed by a woman. But I 
firmly believe that there is something specific to a female cinematographer. Our tiny cat is getting in on the And I the think cinematography is the least represented for me. Oh my God, it's brutal. In terms of women. It's, it's insane. It is capital I insane how few female cinematographers there are. And it adds just this huge element to the movies. And even just TV where I work. I, I've oh, yeah. been working in television since 2001. Yeah. I've only... I've only actually met one female camera woman yep. in that whole time. That's nuts. I, I'm, I know there's more out there that are being hired, but I've only ever encountered one personally. Right. That's insane. It is. Because I'm freelance. I have new jobs, you know, every couple months. So for in 17 years that I've been doing this, yeah. one female camera person that I've yeah. worked with, but, that's nuts. But you were encouraged by the kind of collaboration you saw in... Uh, in in the the Virginia Woolf movie, yes. Um, I think for me the thing that I've been tap dancing around all week, and I, I I speak up, but I really try to kind of watch how I speak up because this is not exactly my fight. But where I want this all to go is, uh, it was brought up. It's everybody's fight. <clears throat> it was brought up two episodes ago that Tiff has kind of been championing the fact that they've got. Uh, I believe it's 35% female films, 35% representation. And, you know, we can all add that means that there are 65% of the dudes. Here's where I'm so, going to defend Well, Tiff hold on. Bit, let, yeah. me, let, me, let me go further with that. Now, Tiff is in an unenviable position in that this festival is a business. They have reached a certain level with it in terms of prestige and in terms of notoriety, um, where it lands on the cultural calendar. So it's not like they can just turn that off and say, we are rebranding as of now, because there would be a huge cost to that. So do I expect them as a, for instance, to say, we are not going to put a star is born as a gala and have one of the biggest pop stars of the world walk our red carpet. We're going to have Enzite as a gala and have all these German people you've never heard of. No, that's absurd. They need to be able to sell their product. The galas program and the special presentations program where they get a lot of the money and charge the most cash for the tickets, I'm not saying that they need to really put a push there and strike a quota. What I am saying is that there are a dozen other programs, you know, of shorts and uh, discovery and world cinema and documentaries where if you want to keep those two programs, special presentations and galas, as mostly the boys, because that's where the big money is being thrown around, fine, make up for it and counterweight it with all these other 12 programs, including stuff like Masters, where you seem to be bereft of finding female masters, because I guess, you know, Andrea Arnold doesn't count. But especially with programs like Discovery and Shorts and Contemporary World Cinema, where you can uh, incubate relationships with new directors. So going back to The weekend, um, Cameron Bailey seemed proud as punch to be introducing Stella Maggie before the weekend you know he was talking about how they brought gina the joneses out two years ago and stella is a is a local film like was was born and bred in, in toronto and lived in oshawa before going on to tribeca and it's like 
guys, you can keep on doing this. You can keep finding the new talent and bringing them out there and just basically like pulling back the pendulum to let it swing the other way into those other programs as these talent comes along. At the same time, I think you're putting a little too, giving TIFF a little too much power over this because really this isn't a TIFF problem. This is an industry problem. They can say all they want that they want 50% to represent 50% female filmmakers at the festival. Sure. But it's not really up to them. It's up to the industry who's giving money to these women to make the films. And the the fact is, a lot of the female films that you're seeing at the festival are extremely low budget and they don't necessarily have the quality because that's what the women are being given. They're not being given the... That's why the galas are big films with stars because they're not letting women direct those as much. They, what I would like to see when you're saying like, oh, let the woman have these smaller. I want to see the woman in every single category. So do I too. But I'm saying what but I'm it's saying not, is that's not really up to Tiff. No, they but I as, mean, they, they can do as much as they can. But until the system changes, this is what it is. Okay, but just to challenge that for a quick second, documentary. Okay, and th- that is the program I have been the hardest on for three years running now. For three years running, Tiff Docs has never been able to come close to half and half male and female directors and you can agree that if nothing else documentary is is the one is the most represented with females if you can't get to 50% representation in docs you're just not trying I do think that the documentary program this year I actually didn't see any docs this year I feel like it's getting a little too the same filmmakers every year and that's the problem is that they've they've listen they have um, bred these relationships with men like Michael Moore and Errol Morris and Werner Herzog and Thomas Wiseman that if they make a movie, Tiff just goes and brings it in. And it's like, God, you know, I do love me. I love me some Thomas Wiseman. I had so much fun last year putting on my New York Public Library t-shirt and watching all three hours of Ex Machina at the Bloor. If one Wiseman movie doesn't make it to Tiff, it's not the end of the world. Those are the corners where I believe they can, they as an institute... And they, as tastemakers and incubators, could do more. But I would also like to say there are men, there are male female filmmakers out there who are creating great films highlighting female characters. Sure. So, I mean, like, Widows is made by a man. Yes. Um, there, uh, there's a lot of films I saw this year that had strong female characters. So we at least are being more represented on camera i think more than we used to be okay and which and i mean that's the thing is that if, if nothing like, else yes as someone who especially who works in the industry i would love to see more females behind the camera yeah. and directing and editing and getting to do more of these things but we are making some progress this is true and uh speaking of true it is true that it is well after midnight here it's uh, after one it's after one <laughs> here up in your midtown so. I, I took drugs to oh fall asleep God. like an you're, hour you're ago you're surprisingly I'm coherent super, so i said anything weird people i am sorry yeah, I, I, i'm I, high on a sleeping I, I think you're all right um but thank you so much for listening to any or all of these uh dispatches from uh, TIFF. There's uh, still a little bit of writing to happen on the matinee. Uh, I've got um, a post about Destroyer coming up for, for sure. Uh, stuff that I've seen on the last day. Uh, I'm going to try and see if I can recap the whole week. Uh, but the uh, podcast proper uh, comes back on uh, 
Monday, I believe it's October 7th. Uh, we're going to actually talk about A Star is Born. Uh, we're actually going to talk about all three versions of The Star is Born. And I've got a great guest lined up, so please come back for that. Um, Lindsay uh, tweets uh, sporadically. Where can people find you on Twitter? I believe I'm just at Lindsay Rigoni. That's it. There we go. There will be a link for that in the show notes, so please follow Lindsay, and uh, you can marvel at our cats and her baking. Uh, because that's well, what... then, yeah, they need to follow at uh, Lord Baelish the cat on Instagram. Oh, man. If they want to truly get to know I us. I think your drugs have kicked in. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Thank you very much, all, everybody, so much for uh, coming and dropping by the site this week. It's been a lot of fun, and I have enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, I can't wait for next September. It's it's the, the saddest day of the year is the day after TIFF ends because it's the furthest away from the next festival. But for Lindsay Rigoni, I'm Ryan McNeil. We'll see you at the matinee and at TIFF.